I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I am your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson, and in this episode, we are going to take a look at what we got right in the workplace in 2021. Now, here we are, two years into a global pandemic with no end in sight. After the abrupt changes in 2020, when the pandemic began, 2021 was supposed to be a light in the dark. 2021 was an attempt at trying to go back to normal for some organizations, and for others, it was an attempt to figure out what a new normal might actually look like. For all, however, it was a year of fits and starts. First with the Delta variant and then the Omicron variant throwing a monkey wrench into carefully laid plans to go back to the office and in effect, turning those plans into hastily made plans as organizations wavered and morphed in the face of the pandemic variants. Amidst what amounts to a VUCA nightmare for organizational leaders, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, that's the VUCA, Organizations got some things right, and I want to acknowledge those things. But first, I have to say just a word or two about a few things that we didn't get right, that haven't been addressed, and are still not working. Number one, women are leaving the workforce in droves. At the highest number since the 1970s, women are leaving the workforce when we were in the midst of a huge recession. Number two, Childcare is a complete disaster. <laughs> See number one for more impact on that. I recently heard an expert in childcare talking about childcare as infrastructure for this country. In terms of getting people back to work, we need to have solid childcare in place, just like we need to have roads and bridges and the infrastructure that's going to carry people to work. We also need to make sure their children are cared for while they're at the office, whether that's working at the home office or working at the corporate office. And number three, retaining and rewarding workers in frontline roles. We have not carried out the promises to do that. Everything from restaurant workers to healthcare workers and so many in between, those frontline roles are not being rewarded adequately for the risk they are putting themselves in. So those are a few things that I just needed to acknowledge before we start talking about what we got right. We need to acknowledge that those are some things that are still sorely missing from our workplace and organizational landscape. All right, well, let's then move on to what we got right this year, what organizations got right. Now, also, please note that on some of these, they're trending in the right direction. They are works in progress. They are not necessarily completely buttoned up and done. We still have work to do on these areas, but we're seeing positive progress. So that's why I count them as things that we either got right or are in the midst of getting right. All right. I've got three of them lined up for you. The first one is appreciation and recognition. Now give me a little grace here. I will be the first to admit that not 
all organizations have a handle on this yet. In fact, if they did, we probably wouldn't be experiencing the great resignation, or at least not in the magnitude that we are currently experiencing it. Now, I want to point out, though, that some organizations are finding novel and personal forms of appreciating and rewarding their employees for a job well done, or just for sticking around as a valued employee when there is fierce competition for talent. Now, if your organization isn't one of them, you can pass along some of these ideas to your leadership team. Dr. Bob Nelson, who's studied the psychology of gratitude in the workplace for decades, notes that when there is a culture of recognition, employees feel five times more valued than in an organization where there isn't a culture of recognition. And that is something that's going to keep people around. I recently heard the global brand president of Vans Shoes, Doug Palladini, speak. And he was sharing some stories about what Vans Shoes is doing to acknowledge some of the above and beyond efforts of their employees. So one of their employees that he remarked about was training for a marathon in the midst of the pandemic and in the midst of all the work that she was doing. And she made some heroic efforts, some really above and beyond work. And to recognize her for that, the Vans team sent out a personal massage therapist to her house and gave her a two-hour massage. Now, if you've ever trained for any sort of a long run, marathon, or even something a shorter distance, you know that those muscles get sore during that training process. So this was completely unexpected and surprised, but so on point for her. There was another person in their organization, a software engineer, who is a total car buff, just loves cars. And again, to reward him for his above and beyond efforts, and I don't know the specifics of exactly what he did, but they sent a company to do car detailing, to to clean his car inside and out and make it look like brand new. They sent a car detailing company out to his house to do that work right there in his own garage. Now, these expressions of appreciation show a personal touch. And, you know, that personal touch is really what makes the difference because it isn't as simple as a pat on the back or a thank you note anymore, although those are not wasted efforts, but it needs to be more creative in this work from home environment. You know, one of the things that I've been acknowledging and and, and recommending to people that they do in this work from home environment is rather than a personally written note, which is going to be kind of awkward to mail to someone's house. And in large organizations, you probably don't even have access to people's home addresses that is handled strictly through the HR function is to create a short video acknowledgement of the person's hard work and effort. And ideally, if you're the manager, get your manager in on it too. So the two of you hop into a Zoom or a WebEx or a Teams call, whatever your platform of choice is, and talk up the amazing things that that employee is doing, record that as a little video and send it off to them. That's the new version of a handwritten thank you note. And then you can watch and see how many times people play that over and over and over. We need to hear about a job well done. Now, there are also some other types of rewards that are certainly not going to be turned away. Um, I have a friend who recently shared with me that she will be the recipient of a $20,000 retention bonus if she sticks around for another year. 
Now, that company doesn't have a lot of those bonuses to give out. So, you know, she is really pulling her weight. She is going above and beyond. She is acknowledged inside the organization for being somebody that they appreciate now and that they want to keep around for the long haul. So, again, if we go back to Dr. Bob Nelson's ideas about the psychology of gratitude in organizations, it becomes absolutely clear that we want to keep people around. And the best way to do that is to show appreciation and acknowledgement for a job well done. Again, it can be as low cost as you spending a few minutes in front of the camera recording a video about their great work, or it can be as high cost as a $20,000 retention bonus, wherever your budget aligns to make those things happen, or you know something in between, one or $200 massage for an employee who is training for that marathon, that is going to be money well spent. Because you think that person is going to be out looking for a new job after they've felt rewarded by a very personal gift that, again, costs in the hundreds of dollars compared to what it would cost to replace that person should they leave. And again, as we talk about turnover, is quite often your high performers, your high potential folks who are going to be the ones who leave, who get lured away by another organization. All right. So that is the first thing that we got right or are starting to get right here in uh, this past year of 2021, acknowledgement and recognition. And again, we have to be more creative at doing that in this pandemic culture. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. The second thing that we are in the midst of getting right, or at least doing much better on than in the past, is our diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Now, as I mentioned at the top of this episode, we still have work to go on some of these, so I'm not saying that this is complete in any way, shape, or form, but our DEI initiatives are being implemented with more frequency and with greater authenticity than in the past. The spotlight on inequality and the social unrest that began with George Floyd's death in Minneapolis in May of 2020 forced organizations to really examine their practices and the attitudes and beliefs of their employees through the lens of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Policies and practices have changed. Employees and leaders have been trained. Unconscious biases have started to emerge from our blind spots and put out into places where we, albeit sometimes get a fleeting glimpse of unfair and unwarranted practices and beliefs that we may hold. Businesses are really starting to more deeply understand that this isn't something that they merely pay lip service to, but rather this is something that is deep-seated social justice that must be remedied. And in addition to training their employees and leaders, some organizations are examining the social inequity that their company has contributed to, their historical transgressions, if you will. Both corporate social responsibility and the education of the workforce is in motion. 
Again, the work in this area is still far from complete, but it is happening. It's something that we can look back on in 2021 and see momentum and feel a growing sense of accomplishment. Again, the work is not done, but it is underway. And we do need to acknowledge the efforts that have been made so that we can keep that momentum going. All right, number three, work from home got better. (laughs) Many people fine-tune their routines. They set firmer boundaries about when and how long to work each day. And they, in essence, found their new normal. With children back in school for most of the year, working parents who were working from home were able to move past the bad habits that began when everything shut down in 2020, including schools, making work-life balance a mythical beast that no one could slay. But now with nearly a full year of work from home under their belts, as we ushered in 2021, employees were more productive and their leaders were more trusting of them. Now, of course, your individual results may vary. I hear from managers all the time about the occasional employee or sometimes an entire team that is less than trustworthy and not terribly productive. And I hear from the other side as well. Employees who feel micromanaged by their bosses, not trusted, and as a consequence, driving some of the turnover that we're now seeing and referring to as the great resignation. But on the whole, this is an area where we have made great strides in the past year. Those who had their cameras on throughout most of 2020 are learning when it makes sense to be on screen and when it might make sense to turn that camera off, whether to avoid Zoom fatigue or to hold a difficult conversation without having to monitor your facial expressions in real time or for the person who's on the receiving end of that difficult conversation to have to monitor their expressions in real time. Those who reached for their email immediately upon waking up in 2020 are employing some resistance strategies, setting some boundaries for themselves and not checking their messages until they've had, oh, let's say at least one cup of coffee. Those who worked long into the night because there was nothing else to do in the early stages of the pandemic started to find other things to fill their time besides work. And they stopped emailing their team at 10 p.m. or 2 a.m., Uh, Not everyone has mastered these changes and created and honored their own boundaries. But again, we're getting there. We're making progress. The massive amount of burnout that people are experiencing is a direct corollary to why we need to do these things, why we need to set these boundaries, why we need to not be working from the time we wake up until the time we lay our head on the bed at night. So yes, we are headed in the right direction again with this one. And yes, there is absolutely more work to do, but we are figuring it out and we are better at it now than we were in 2020. So there you have it, my friends, the three things that we got right in 2021. Appreciation and recognition efforts came into clearer focus. We got more creative at doing that. Diversity, equity, and inclusion training and understanding gained traction and organizations started to understand absolutely why they need to be making DE&I efforts in their organizations. And we got much better at working from home without sacrificing our personal lives and our relationships. (laughs) Now, as I've noted several times, there is still much work to be done in all three of these areas, but the stage is set. The momentum is there to build upon. And with this solid foundation under us, the outlook is positive in all three areas for this work to continue. 
All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Working Conversations podcast. From all of us here at Working Conversations, we acknowledge the progress that you've made in your efforts in gaining momentum of your own, in part by tuning into this podcast this past year. Until next week, which is also next year, take good care and be well, my friends. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.